Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the FCPA Compliance Report. Today I'm joined by my good friend and fellow Michigan Wolverine, James Kukios, and we look at the <clears throat> Kenneth Polite speech announcing changes to the corporate enforcement policy. We take up some questions as... Was this a follow-on from the Monaco memo? Why are recidivists getting such a big break on this? What is the impact of the definition of an effective compliance program now after this memo? What will this mean for CCO certification? And what will it mean for compliance programs going forward? We had a lot of difficulty in this recording. We have some jumps and skips, which I apologize for. But it's an important topic, and I hope you will stay through the entire podcast with James. First, a quick message from our sponsor. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and we don't often get breaking news on the FCPA Compliance Report, but we got about as close as we can to it for this episode, where I'm joined by James Kukios, partner at Morrison and Forrester, and we're going to talk about the Kenneth Polite speech, where he announced some significant changes to the FCPA corporate enforcement policy. First of all, welcome back, James. Thank you inviting me to be part of Breaking News. I was actually at the speech yesterday in person. Great to actually able to be in the room, and it was a very, very interesting event, and there's a, a lot of, I think, you're welcoming me on to talk about this. So, James, maybe I could start with what are some of your sort of 30,000-foot views? I know you and your colleagues have worked on a client alert about this. So what does uh, what struck you or what struck you and your colleagues at Morrison and Forster? Sure. I think the biggest takeaways from this are I think has listened to concerns about the corporate enforcement, maybe also reacted to some concerns that maybe the numbers of self-reports they were receiving were not, and have really taken steps to try to further incentivize compare misconduct to the criminal division and then to co-op investigation when those occur. And the way they did this was mechanisms. Number one, under the former corporate enforcement policy, if the company self-reports voluntarily, fully timely and immediately appropriately remediates the misconduct, then there will be a nation unless aggravating circumstances are present. And aggravating circumstances are recidivism or, or of the that type of thing. 
when under the former policy, when those aggravated circumstances were present, the company could not receive a declination, period. The best they could do was to get a resolution with a 50% reduction off the bottom end guidelines range. The new policy changes that. It actually says evading circumstances present, such as recidivism, pervasiveness, the company that if they self-disclose, cooperate, and remediate can get a declination if it satisfies three that immediately self-disclosed the conduct that at the time was detected. The company had an effective compliance program and system of internal accounting controls of the misconduct. And three, the company provided extraordinary remediation. In other words, DOJ has expanded of companies that is eligible for a declination under the corporate enforcement policy safety valve when aggravated circumstances are, are present. The second way that DOJ is trying to incentivize itself through these changes is to greatly increase the percentage reduction that off of the fine range if it's not able to get a full... And there's basically two flavors. One is if the company self discriminates but can't get past that aggravating circumstance bar, they have up to 75% off the guideline range. That's a big number. And whereas before, whereas before that had been capped at 50%, even if a company doesn't self-report, it used to be that they were capped at a 25% fine reduction for full cooperation and remediation. Now they can actually get up to a 50%. Really rat up those potential fine reductions in order to try to incentivize cooperate with their investigations. James, I have for the past 15 years studied the sentencing guideline sentencing guidelines formulas. I've looked at every calculation put in a DPA or other settlement resolution. I believe that I've probably studied this as much as anyone who's not a former prosecutor. I'm not sure to this day I understand the formula or can give you with certainty how we got to the numbers. But I can say that when you have a range of a high and a low and obviously points in the middle, when you reduce off the minimum range or the low end range, whatever you call it, that can be a significant reduction from the middle range. And when I see a figure like 75%, it could be a few million, it could be tens or hundreds of millions. And so that to me really said the DOJ is putting a significant incentive in front of companies to have a compliance program in place. Because if it's 75% off the low, I can tell you that's a big number in many cases, whether or not the fine is the billions we have seen in the major fines, or even the, I don't want to say routine fines, but a fine of 50 million or 100 million. If you're getting a 75% reduction off the minimum range, that's a big number. And to me, that's a big incentive. Is that a fair assessment from your perspective? Absolutely. And if we take that hypothetical $100 million dollar line range that you just said, Tom, when you get 75% off of it, 
you go from a hundred million and that's a huge, huge discount. As you mentioned, I think especially now I started the FCPA unit, if it was a hundred million dollar penalty, that was a, today that qualifies as a small FCPA resolution. Just like we've seen inflation that over the last year, we've really seen the huge inflation in, in, in monetary penalties. And so the stakes now, I think you know, the stakes now for not reporting, not cooperating, and not remediating. And now the, there's even a bigger delta between that and of doing those things. 75% is, as you mentioned, that's a huge, huge number. I was off of your, off your fine amount is really almost shocking. I think I underscore and agree with your point entirely, Tom. And James, you touched on this in your opening remarks, but the other thing I saw and I have seen over the past 15 years or so I've been in this space is continued evolution by the Department of Justice in their thinking, in their approach, in their communications to the public, people like myself and yourself now. And so I see this as really a step in evolution. And that evolution comes from, as you said, the DOJ saying perhaps the corporate enforcement policy didn't work as we intended and we need to take additional steps, whether that's someone like yourself sitting across the table from the FCPA unit saying, we believe we should be given credits for these reasons, or someone like myself saying that I think we need some clearer guidance or, or something else. And it really seems to me, and I've seen this in a variety of areas, not simply the FCPA and court enforcement policy or fines and penalties from the DOJ, the fraud section and the FCPA unit. I wanted to maybe ask, once again, from you've been in the, there in the trenches before, you're outside as partner Morrison and Forrester now. Would that be a fair to say the DOJ's thinking evolves and that although we may change administrations, it's really administration agnostic in its, the, its approach and trying to, to fine tune to get to the right result? I absolutely agree with that. When I, PA unit, we had just recently, started using guideline calculations and we got the penalty amount because there had been some concern that companies were thinking that we were just plucking a number out of thin air 50 million dollars period full stop and that that would undermine what public confidence in what we were trying to do and so we started putting in the resolutions here's exact and then we kept saying that there was a benefit for things like self-disclosure and remediation, but the public was saying, yeah, but we don't see it. Explain it to us. And out those relevant considerations paragraphs in the resolution we thought about. This company did a really good job of cooperating, and we credited that. We do a very good job of cooperating, so we didn't credit that. And we that amplified in press releases to try to communicate to the public. But in fairness, it was pretty ad hoc. You had to wait to the next resolution, and then you had from that what what kind of benefits you could get. On the one hand, because there was no there were no caps, we gave full disclo- full declinations with things. And of course, we put that in the FCPA resource guide when people said, you don't do for that, which was another attempt. But then in 2016, OJ management and influenced by some professors decide you really need to be clear and transparent in your thinking. And then that led to the FCPA 
pilot, which said, look, if you do these things we want you to do, we will give you these final set rewards for doing so. And there was exactly to your point, they wanted to see how it worked. Was this a good thing? Was this a bad thing? How would, if it works, maybe we'll make it a permanent program. If it doesn't work, we'll scrap it. But I think they, they heard over that year that thought it was, should be made permanent, but with some tweaks. So for example, the original pilot could get a declination if you did these three things. And the, the first corporate enforcement policy said, Adsumptively get a declination if you do these three things, which I thought was a pretty good, I think it's a pretty good rhetorical change for companies. And then that, in order to get full cooperation and remediation credit, you have to prevent your companies from, and the business community said, you can't do that if you're doing business in Brazil, people that can't use WhatsApp. You, you can't do that in China and tell people they, they can't be practical. And so the next revision of the, the corporate enforcement policy took that out. This, but you've got to take some steps to get this under under control. And then this, as we just already talked about, has some pretty big changes to the sweeteners that DOJ has itself reported cooperate. So that's a kind of a lengthy history, but I think that history straight your point, Tom, that this is DOJ thinking about how best their expectations to the business community to the business community when the business community says that doesn't really meet our expectations or what has to do is unworkable so i think this is the very you can argue about whether the they got you can argue whether it should be even more we should be able to have another possibility of declinations without discouragement that aren't public anymore you can always debate whether they got the mix of incentives right uh, can't be debated is that they are trying to get this right and that they do listen to what the business community is expressing and saying to them. So I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. James, I certainly agree with that. And I'm sure we'll be commenting on it. We're unfortunately near the end of our time for this episode. We're going to link to the uh, Morrison and Forrester client alert on this in the show notes and a Morrison and Forrester website as well. I wanted to thank you for taking the time to visit with me about your thoughts on this new um, initiative or announcement by the DOJ, and we'll continue to see how it plays out.
This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report, which is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>